0: I'm Chelsea, I'm Deidre, and we're giving you a million million murders. Okay, so today is going to be a little different from what we cover. Yes. Um, the title of this is called "The Man Who Faked His Own Death." Ooh. So I live. No murders or anything like that. It's a little different, but it was interesting. So I was like, "Ooh, I'm thinking I'm gonna cover this." Yes, yeah, still true crime. Yeah. Probably sounds mm-hmm. like it. yeah. it's gonna be. <laughs> so today I'm gonna be telling y'all a crazy story of a man, and this man's name is John Darwin. So, John was born August 14, 1950, in Durham, which is a country in northeast England. He lived there most of his life. and his adult years, he was actually a math and science teacher. Hmm. After he went off to work at a bank and, lastly, got a job as a prison guard at the HMP Holmes House Prison. In 1973, he met his soon-to-be wife, Anne. And two years after they met, they married, had two kids named Mark and Anthony. Anne was born on March 7th of 1952, and there's pretty much, well, pretty limited information about her. Mm -hmm. And it's believed that she was born and raised in Northeast England as well. And while she was married to John, she worked many years as a receptionist at a physician's office. So, in addition to their individual jobs, they also wanted to become rich in real estate. Hmm, okay. You know, many people actually do become millionaires, billionaires, whatever, through through real estate, and it can be really hard to do that, but it is done if it's done right, it can be very successful. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, John was one of those people who definitely measured his success and other people's success by wealth. Uh. Yeah. So it wasn't surprising that he had an interest in real estate and dreamed of making it big. By the time John and Anne were actually ready to start investing, they were looking for places in Northeast England, and their sons at this point were just grown adults living, you know, out of the house. And mm-hmm. um, they really went in on the real estate thing, and they actually bought twelve different properties all around Seton, Carew, and obviously, they're going to rent these properties, you know, out and hopefully profit from them. Hmm. So several of the properties they owned were actually right next to each other, but unfortunately, all of this didn't go as well for John and Anne. They quickly began losing money and racked up about question. So this is obviously in England, um, mm-hmm. and when they like go into details about like money wise, they say like seven hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. They quickly began losing money and racked up about seven thousand pounds in debt and pounds in us is a dollar 18 a pound well yep. a pound there is a dollar 18 a year
1: right yeah so if something is a dollar 18 here it's it would pound. be a pound over there and okay. vice versa
0: yeah okay i got confused i had to have deja's help <laughs> so okay so and that's mainly because the rent that they were charging wasn't enough to cover their mortgage uh what by the or, yeah <laughs> like you would yeah so, by the early 2000s, they were nearing bankruptcy, and in mid-March of 2002, John and Anne were denied a 20,000-pound loan, and it became clear that they were going to need to declare bankruptcy at that point. But that's when John came up with a plan to free them from all of their troubles rather than face the consequences of their own actions.
1: Oh, no. John
0: decided that it would be a good idea to fake his own death. This would allow his wife... And to collect on his life insurance policy and pensions, and then they could pay off their debt. And not only that, but there there would be money left over for them to live comfortably. So, some people believe that Anne was on board with this plan from the beginning, making her equally, you know, Mm -hmm. culpable in a crime, although she had... Many supporters believe that she was bullied into this plan by John and it felt and she felt obligated to go along with it. But either way, it's undeniable that she was in some way complicit into the scam right. or in this scam. She's a part of it somehow. Yes. Yeah. So it all began on March 21st. It all began on March 21st, 2002. John decided that it would be a good idea to disappear from a canoe. He decides he's going to paddle out in his canoe into the sea and disappear. Sounds good plan, huh? Okay. But in reality, he would just paddle back to shore, stage his appearance, hope no one saw him come out of the water, you know. Uh Uh-huh. So you would obviously want to plan this on a day with pretty bad weather. You know, that's really going to sell the story. Like, oh, like it was hurricane weather and, like, you know, more, make it more believable.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, the, that day wasn't that, like, that bad of a bad weather. Uh, it wasn't too stormy, you know, and there were waves, or the waves were just a little choppy. But he felt like it was believable enough that he got into some type of accident and cost him his life. hmm A neighbor of theirs actually saw him paddling out and he remembered that it wasn't the best weather to be taking, you know, your canoe out into the water. But it didn't really make sense to him, you know, so he was just, like, whatever. He's grown, so he went about his day. Which that, that wasn't in the plan, but that was a pretty.
1: Yeah, that worked out well for him. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah,
0: the na- you know, the neighbors seen him going out there. So, like, at the end of the day, when they find the stuff, it's like, they've got a witness. Like, yeah, they we seen him go out there. Yeah,
1: yeah. But yeah, I was like,
0: huh. So, before paddling out to sea, John calls Anne while she's at work. And there are four calls in total where he told her exactly what the plan was, what her part would be, and where to pick him up, where she would take him, and what she would do after. And then after their calls, he hangs up with her, grabs his canoe, starts paddling out to sea, just about as far as where the naked eye can't see anymore. Then he makes a sharp right turn and makes his way to the Borth Gear Beach, which is in Seaton Carew, and that's where Ann was instructed to pick him up at approximately seven o'clock.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: So when he got to their car in the North Gear parking lot, he was wearing black jeans, a black jacket, black hat, and he also had a sack with all the things that he needed to make his disappearance. Just, I just thought that was funny because, like, everything was black. like Yes, yeah, like, he's <laughs> stealth mode out there. So then he drives, or then she drives him about 40 minutes away to the Durham Railroad Station. His plan was to spend about a month in the Lake District on the northwest side of England. And before he takes off, he tells Anne that she is to call the prison because that's where he works. Act like everything's normal. Ask to speak to him. You know, this, and then this will draw suspicion that he never came to work that day. So then at 9.30 p.m. that night, March 21st, she calls up 911 and tells them that her 50-year-old husband, John Darwin, is missing. So now a massive search has began very very shortly after this call. So around 1 a.m. on March 22nd, which is my mother's birthday, (laughs) that didn't waste no time, or they didn't waste no time, which that shouldn't, you know they shouldn't waste time if someone's... Right, yeah, no time to be wasted. (laughs) So, before they went out and started looking for John, five boats from the Royal National Lifeboat Institution, two Coast Guard teams, a police aircraft, and a team of police officers scored the sea for any sign of John and his canoe. So, this went on for about four days, and the search team covered 200 square miles of sea. It cost the government over a 1,000 pounds, to conduct this search, and all they could find was a paddle. Mm. So, it wasn't until March 7th of 2002 that the canoe washed up on the shore. So, that was like 17-ish days after this incident. Okay. So, once the canoe was found, everyone figured John had passed. Mm-hmm. So, in the weeks after his mystery disappearance, John is waiting for Anne to call him to let him know when the coast is clear for him to come back.
1: Why are you come, coming back?
0: Y'all, get, it gets, it just, <laughs> just gets crazy. Just let me crazier. know when I can come
1: back to our house. No, you can't go back. You oh, have to move away. I'll, yeah, oh, yeah. Just Lord. wait. Just okay. wait. Okay.
0: So, <laughs> during all this time, they're frequently speaking to each other, and as wild as it sounds, this guy actually came back to the town he disappeared from. And even though he was all still, con- you know, he was still considered a missing and likely dead man, he wanted to go right back to the Seton Carew. So eventually, Ann heads out pick- to pick him up and bring him back. She drives about two hours from Seton Carew to Whitehaven, and she said that when she picked him up, she hardly recognized him because he had grew out a huge beard. He had a walking stick and was walking with a limp. All part of his disguise, of course. Hollering. And what's crazy is he ended up moving back into that townhouse. Townhouse, the town, like the properties that they own in that building that was all together. Yeah. So townhouse number three is where they were last, like where they lived. Mm-hmm. So... Like I said, a lot of the houses, like I think I just said that, but anyway, a lot of the houses that were owned, that they owned were right, you know, next to each other. And he built a secret passage from house number three to house number four, because the one that they lived in was next to one of the ones, the properties that they owned. So he was living, I guess, quotation, living in that passage or that one house but connected it to their house so that he could, yeah. like, secretly, you know, come through, whatever, in that way. Like, uh, if their sons or their family and friends, you know, came to their house, he could just slip away to the other unit.
1: So the kids don't know
0: that he's... Nope. ...alive.
1: Wow. Y'all just let them think that their mm-hmm. daddy died. That's Yeah. So if, he ever,
0: so if he's at home with her and he hears, like, someone, he can just slip through the, the, secret the other way. unit... Of yeah. the property that they own.
1: So it sounds like the townhouses are connected yeah, it's with like, like this, an adjoining wall. Yeah,
0: it's like this big building. It's got like different. Yeah, that's it's yeah. kind of like it's, I think I've got a picture of it. It's not
1: like standalone townhouses. No. It's like four houses conjoined together by like. Yeah, like a if you've seen the building,
0: you'd think it, it could possibly be like a hotel or something. Okay, like yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah, gotcha. So Anne said that their gravel driveway made it like really easy. For them to hear if someone was approaching, so then he could right. just, you know, obviously John had to spend a lot of time indoors because he still lives <laughs> in the same place. Because
1: he's supposed to, he's supposed to be dead, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, he had to spend a lot of time indoors this period while he was waiting to reemerge back into the public. So for he's when? planning for everybody to die.
1: Are you waiting on everybody else to die?
0: Right. Like. Okay. So he had to lay low for a little while. So he had to stay inside, but luckily he had the views of the ocean to look at. So that's kind of a, you know, a nice view, I guess. Um, But it wasn't going to work forever, so he needed to construct a new identity so he could venture venture outside once again. So it's like, you know, whenever you're reading this story and, like, you're hearing all this and it's like, bruh, he's going to get caught, like. You know that you just know the outcome. Like, you just know. Yeah,
1: he's definitely going to get caught. And if he don't get
0: caught, that's what makes it even crazier if he didn't get caught. If he
1: doesn't get caught, I'm going to (laughs) be shook. Because
0: what on earth? How? So, John starts hanging out in graveyards, checking out all the possible identities. No. Yes. Looking at the obituary sections in the newspaper, you know. So, after weeks of searching, John finds a new name. And the new name is John the new name is john his name is john he wanted to steal the identity of a five-week-old deceased baby Ooh, <gasps> named ew. john jones you're trash mm.
1: which we this has happened to people we know oh yeah it has so mm-hmm. like you're a like terrible, the social security
0: and stuff yeah yeah
1: you're a terrible person if you do this mm-hmm. you're trash you're garbage sorry
0: garbage garbage well he thought it was perfect he you know it was gonna make this easy you know and not only that but they had the same birthday which is insane yes so so yeah they had the same birthday so this was easy to remember of course you know my name's john this is my birthday you know he ain't gotta like what did i what was the birthday i used you know
1: yeah yeah no he's i mean.
0: He said, he also said that the reason was because he still wanted to have the same name, John, just in case, like, which this makes sense. Just in case someone recognized him and was in public and was like, hey, John, and he would turn. Yeah. He didn't want to, like, you know, oh, crap, I shouldn't have turned. Like, that's not, that's, I'm not him, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't want it to be sus that he was John Darwin. So he was like, oh, this is perfect. Here's a, here's a deceased person named John. And they ha- we have the same birthday, so if I'm out in public and someone's like, John? And you look, and it's like, oh, crap, you know, now I'm figured out. What? Do I know So you it makes know? sense, no, but John it's still, it, it makes sense, but it's real, real, real crappy. Yeah. So John was able to get a copy of John Jones' birth certificate, and from, and from there, he was all set for his new identity. He said that he used someone deceased because he didn't want to ruin somebody else's life, And, like, like, that's still living. Like, he didn't want to, like, drag them in to, like, have them go through all this. Like, their identity, which, oh, look at you. That's real nice to think about. Right. They're dead, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, let's just steal someone who's just gone. So, he said that he used someone deceased because he didn't want to ruin somebody else's life. And then he just started going out. Uh, He just started going out, again, in the town he disappeared from. And where he started to get comfortable going back outside. Like, I don't see how... I would never get comfortable if no, I stayed... Going back outside,
1: and you're staying in the same townhouses that y'all owned, and then they're gonna... People aren't gonna realize it's you? I mean, the wife barely recognized him. Yeah. Barely, but barely, she did. Barely, but she did. Who's to say these townspeople, they probably lived here their whole life, and they're just... <laughs> He's just going (laughs) to pretend like people aren't going to know who he is. Oh, Lord.
0: So, he spent most of his time at the beach where there's all kinds of people. Yeah. And the library. He ends up getting a library card with his new identity. Right. And then uses the library card to get a passport. John clearly felt confident that he wouldn't get caught because he ended up using all... He ended up... Okay, are y'all ready for this? Because I don't think you are. (laughs) He ended up using his real home address, Stop it. where he lived with Anne, on his passport. Why? On his passport.
1: Why, Bruh. I'm just—you did so much to cover your tracks, and then you're just gonna do dumb stuff like this. Mm-hmm.
0: Same address. So, so uh, okay, okay. <laughs> so in April of 2003, about a year or so after he disappears, he is declared dead officially. What's sad is another family member actually had to break the news to her sons, the mother, who had no idea that the whole time her fa- that their father was not only alive, but still living at home with their mother, who's also lying. Mm-hmm. So the police and the financial institutions decided there was enough evidence to support John's death. And so... Are y'all ready for this?
1: So, wait. Someone else had to tell the parent, the kids, that yeah, their dad had died. Yes. Because now it's about to be, he's about to be declared legally dead.
0: Mm hmm. Okay. So, now I'm about to tell y'all, Lord, I... how much money that she's getting. Oh. And it's insane. Like, I, because I, I was reading, I was like, dang. Oh my. Oh my God. I yeah. was just like baffled. I was like, that's a lot of dough, yo. <laughs> so she was able to, let me see. Okay. Ann was able to use his death certificate to access his 25,000 pound life insurance policy. Uh-huh. She was able to access his 25,000 pound teacher's pension and his 58,000 pound prison service pension. A four thousand pound payment from the Department of Work and Pensions and another a hundred and thirty seven thousand pound from a Norwich Union Mortgage Insurance Policy.
1: Yeah. So he's got like what, a hundred and
0: so much dough. More 50, than a hundred
1: dollars. No, just in insurance. Oh yeah. Policies. Mm-hmm. And then the pensions. So yeah, they're like it's well like- over two 200- hundred.
0: 50,000 108,000 plus
1: 108,000
0: plus 100 112,000 plus 137,000 is how much they had. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, "Damn. Um,
1: 49.
0: Well, in the beginning, Anne collected 249,000
1: pounds of 200. all 200 <laughs> I forgot the 100,000. I forgot 108 <laughs> or whatever you said anyway. So
0: she was able to collect 249,000 pounds of all of it, which was based on a lie that her husband was dead. Mm -hmm. So at this point, many of their debts were paid or forgiven, which allowed them to breathe a little easier. (laughs) And John keeps living his life, leaving the house pretty frequently, trying to stay under wraps. But eventually, someone's going to see him. Yes. I mean, they've got to. Well, he was actually recognized by a former colleague of his, but he was lucky because his colleague knew that John was dead, and he ends up calling Anne and letting her know that he thinks he saw, like, a cousin of John's or something, maybe because they look so familiar, like, so similar. Oh. I said. Ooh. I was like, he got lucky on that one. I'd be like. Yo, I think John's still alive, man. Like, I, yeah, just, no, seen, I'm like, I just seen him out in the streets. I'm like, he was I out think, there.
1: I'm like, you know they got all that insurance money right. I think they done faked his death. Mm-hmm. So and there was did. another
0: alleged spotting of John in 2003. And it was one of their tenants who recognized him. <laughs> and are y'all, y'all, this is so funny. And actually asked him, aren't you supposed to be dead? I'm hollering.
1: <laughs> he said, wait a minute, you dead? Your dad,
0: and you know what he said. <laughs> please don't tell anyone.
1: You just gave it all up, all this hard work. Mm-hmm. Please don't tell anyone. I'd have been like, "What are you? I'm mm-hmm. sorry.
0: Who are you?" But please don't tell anyone. So these these close <sighs> calls made John start to feel like maybe he needed to go out of town. Oh, you think?
1: Yeah. No, that wasn't a close call. You 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 were found out. Yeah, you and think- then you gave
0: into it. Yeah. I was like, bruh, that tenant was like, aren't you supposed to be dead? That's, a, that's something that we would say if, we, yes. if that happened to us. Like, aren't, you, uh... aren't you supposed to be dead? So during this time indoors, John got very involved in an online fantasy life game called Asheron's. I think that's how you say it. Asheron's Call. He would sometimes play the game all day, but he ends up meeting a woman through this game. And her name was Kelly Steele. Kelly was a married mother living in Kansas City and although they never developed a romantic relationship, they did develop a friendship that led to a business proposal. He needs to get, he needs to stop with these businesses (laughs) because he ain't, they ain't doing something right because they just be getting a debt anyway.
1: So he's talking to a lady in Kansas City, Kansas or Missouri.
0: Yeah. Through this Asher, Asheron's call game. Okay. But it wasn't like anything romantic. It was just like a friendship, whatever. Uh huh. So John. Yeah. (laughs) So John and Kelly, or John told Kelly that he would send her money to buy a ranching property in Kansas. So she would be responsible. 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 She would be responsible for building an equestrian center. And John would act as an angel investor. And once the ranch was up and running, he would receive a portion of the profits. But she would be able to run it at her discretion. So Kelly ends up finding a property. She ends up buying it for $26,500. And then using his passport, John flew to America and he met Kelly for the first time and they began to work on the business plan.
1: Uh, Why are you doing this? Girl, (laughs) girl.
0: But things didn't go so smoothly in Kansas. Kelly said... That John's behavior started to become extremely concerning to the point she didn't even want him to stay at her house where her kids were. Which, oh, well, one... Who you... Well, first time meeting, why would you want to meet... Anyways, I'm not still even going to get into that. Yes, but, like,
1: why are you just inviting people into your house like this? hmm
0: Like, you got kids, This girl. Oh, anyway. After kicking him out, John went and stayed in a nearby hotel. And it wasn't long after that, about two and a half weeks later, Kelly actually wanted to be done with John.
1: Mm-hmm. she's trying to wipe her
0: hands from mm-hmm. it <laughs> and this whole business idea all together but after she asks him to leave she starts getting death threats from John I'm like you out here faking your own death and you out here throwing death threats yeah like you you ain't gonna do it cause you didn't even <coughs> you didn't even go you fake. you didn't even really kill. anyway like
1: you know but I don't but see he's literally delusion like he's literally like oh it's gonna be fine because i faked my death please don't tell anyone and now you want to back out like he would kill her and and who would know if he did nobody he'd just fly away nobody he'd fly away with his fake identity if he left if
0: he left some dna they'd be like this matches John Darwin. Right If, if he's they in, have If he's in the he's system ever
1: say, But he's not gonna be in the system yeah. Cause he's dead He's dead he's Well I didn't dead. know if
0: he I didn't know if he had done anything Maybe like in his past life That he like got into the system well, for something. that's but true It could happen It never but said but Yeah
1: Yeah Oh lord So he
0: was saying that he needed His investment money back From her ASAP Or else And he knew people <laughs> He knew people in the mob Who would come after her And her children Okay So she wasn't able to sell the property to get his money back, so she lived in fear of John for a very long time. Luckily for her, John went back to Seaton Carew, and he was actually looking for a new place for him and Anne to live. Wonder why. So in 2004, John and Anne visited Cyprus to look for land to buy, but they ended up deciding that it wasn't going to be the place they were going to live. So they went back to the drawing board. In two thousand and five, John took a trip to Spain after getting in contact with a catamaran boat seller named Robert Hopkin. Or not seller. Catamaran boat dealer. Huh. John seemed interested in buying a I think I'm saying that right. Am I saying that right? Catamaran?
1: I don't know. So
0: hey, <laughs> spell it. Cat C A T A M R A N Catamaran. C A T A M A R I N C A T A M A R A N. Oh yeah,
1: that sounds right,
0: catamaran. Look, Aaron listened to one of our episodes, and he said, he looked straight at me in my eye, and he was like, "You need to learn how to pronounce words right." <laughs> I said, "Look, I know, I know, but I never will. It's just, I just never will." So I'm just gonna say catamaran.
1: Yeah, that's right, <laughs> catamaran. Yeah.
0: Mm, look at me. So, John seemed interested in buying a catamaran large enough for the couple to live in full-time. Yeah. So, Robert had a boat that seemed perfect for what John and Anne were looking for. It cost around 60,000 pounds, but had some work that needed to be done. And, of course, John was able to negotiate the boat down to half of what they wanted for it. So, 30,000 pounds for it instead. So, he told Robert that he wouldn't purchase the boat until all the repairs were fully made. And apparently, John started getting really rude at this point and was demanding a lot from them. So, they decided the deal was off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: said, forget this.
0: Robert decided he didn't even want to sell the boat anymore. John and Ann ended up going back to the drawing board again. And they closed out 2005 with a new plan in mind. It's crazy. So much scheming. Like, where they decided to go is... So, they decided they were going to move to Panama. Oh, okay. So they figured that this would be a great place to hide away from anyone that might be looking for John. I mean, you should have done that at the beginning, but...
1: Right. If y'all (laughs) had done this from the jump, y'all would We wouldn't be talking about you right now.
0: Right. Potentially. So they flew out to Panama in July of 2006 and began looking at properties. They ended up meeting with a real estate agent who showed them several properties, and they settled on a place about two hours away from the capital.
1: Panama. Uh-uh, right the when country. I hit
0: record, you see? Oh, sorry. So, John and Ann paid about 2,000 pounds for the land, love the greenery and nature of the area, so they plan to build a house on it. They also plan to establish some sort of business. These businesses. mm uh-uh, That they could, I mean, ugh, you know you're not good at doing your own thing, so <laughs> work at a grocery store or something. <laughs> so, they could operate right on the land that they now owned. Once they settled in on this plan, they sold their home in Seton Carew, and Anne said goodbye to her sons who seemed happy that their mom was living out her dream. Then John transferred all their money into the Panama Banking System in various accounts. It seemed like this final stage of their plan might actually work. Right. It's a little more private, but unfortunately, John and Anne made a big old mistake. So... What I'm about to what I'm about to go into like. It's literally the dumbest the dumbest thing. Okay. Excuse that they've done like one of the dumbest one of the let me just say one of the dumbest things that they've done. Right. So in addition to the land that they just bought, they also got an apartment and they met with the director of this program called Move to Panama. He allowed, John, allowed them. (laughs) To take a picture with them. And they had it posted to their website. But I'll get ba- I'll get back to that in a minute. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So, several months living in Panama, John decided to get back on a plane and return to England. At first he said the reason he did it was because he missed his sons. But well, I'm you, like, They think you're dead. They so think you're dead. Okay. But eventually oh. he said he returned because he wanted to pay his debts, which he said was his plan all along. Sure. So anyway, mm-hmm. he's back and he hatched yet another plan to get away with the original scam. And at 5:30 p.m. on December 1st, John walked into the West End Central Police Station and said, "I think I'm a missing person." This is you when
1: you think you're a missing person.
0: So this is when John claimed to have no memory. He said that he didn't remember anything since 2002. Which is actually two years before he went missing. Okay, so he knows Ann. He knows he has two kids. If this if this was even true, right? So the police immediately questioned him and really didn't believe his story from the jump. So when they interviewed him, it didn't take long for him to crack and reveal the scam that he had that he and Ann had been running the last five years. So word got out around. Word got out right away that John was still alive and the media caught wind of it and desperately wanted to talk to Anne and John, but definitely Anne. So they wanted to know if she knew her husband was alive the whole time. Was she in on it? So everyone's curious, and a reporter named David Lee was the lucky person to get to break the story. So he said that he got a call at 5 a.m. that early December When someone told him a guy allegedly came back from the dead. Hmm. Uh So David learned that Ann was living in Panama, and he was the first person to get on a plane and go try and interview her. He didn't have a lot of information about what her situation was like in Panama, but he was able to find her apartment and unit number. David went and knocked on the door, got no answer, waited a little while, and eventually came to the conclusion that she just wasn't living there or wasn't there at the time. Mm -hmm. Just as he was going to leave, he heard a voice on the other side of the door, and it was Anne asking him what he wanted. Mm -hmm. That's when David told her that her husband was found still alive, so Anne invites him in and acts surprised to hear that her husband's not dead. Mm -hmm. He's alive back in England, and at first, David kind of believed her that she was really surprised to learn this. Right. Right. And he did say that she had anxious energy, but while meeting with her, David got a call that changed everything. So when he was there meeting with her, he got a phone call. Mm-hmm. Someone found that that photograph of John and Ann online where he was clearly happy, healthy, and not suffering from uh, amnesia. Dead. <laughs> so the photo was sent to David, who happens to still be with Ann at the moment. He showed her, and he said she just went pale. So, for a while, she didn't speak, but then eventually, she said, the boys are never going to believe me, and when she started talking, she didn't stop. She told David everything, and they spoke for hours about the scam. She and John had been running, and she did try to lie to David about some of the details at first, Mm -hmm. but she tried to say that she truly did believe that John was dead until he showed up at her doorstep a year later, Mm. and he quickly discovered that that was fake right or that was false. So it was clear that she had been involved since day one and Anne did tell David that she didn't think that they would be able to get away with this forever and it was something that she really didn't want to do and she felt pressured by John. So she didn't think that it was a good idea but he pushed her to do it anyway. So David' didn't, this is what she said. So David ends up convincing Anne to fly to the UK So on December 9th of 2007 she was arrested at the Manchester Airport. And just five days before that, John had been officially arrested on suspicion of fraud and charged with obtaining money by deception and using false identity to obtain a passport. When Anne was in custody, she spilled the story right away. It turns out, over the years, the couple had stolen 649,000 pounds. The investigation into their scam did include that neither Mark or Anthony, the sons, were aware that of what their parents had done and equally deceived, at, uh, and was equally deceived as everyone else was. So they were no part of this. Like they had no idea, if, you know, any of it was going on. Yeah. So to help secure the case against the Darwins, police ended up using information that was technically obtained illegally, but they eventually found it to be legal viable in their case or legally viable in their case. So a news correspondent named Jared Tubb actually hacked into John's email and found proof of the crimes that he had committed, which included money laundering, using a passport with a false identity, and more. Again, this was obtained illegally, so it wouldn't have been something that they would have been able to use in court, but the police said that the information was collected in the public interest, and therefore Jared wouldn't get in trouble, and the emails could be used. What? I was like, bruh. So, Jared actually made an entire database. He's the one that hacked into the, mm-hmm. his email. So, he, used, he made an entire database that the police could use during their case. On March 13th of 2008, John pled guilty to seven charges of obtaining cash by deception and one charge of a passport offense. And because he pled guilty, John would not go to trial and was sentenced to six years and three months in prison. Anne, on the other hand, decided to take her case to court and fight against the six charges of deception and nine charges of using criminal property that she was facing. But the evidence against her was way too strong, and even her sons ended up testifying against her. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So on July twenty third, two thousand and eight, Anne was convicted at the T side Crown courthouse and sentenced to six years and six months in prison. So, she got three months more than John did, and he faked his own death. <laughs> in the end of all their assets, in the end, all of their assets were seized, even their apartment and the land that they owned in Panama, and they ended up finding money in six different bank accounts, and tried to repair her relationship with her son for years. She suffered from depression after this, and eventually her children came around to forgive her, which was great for her, but they never forgave John hmm So John and Anne were both released from prison in 2011. John on January 18th and Anne on March 9th. So Anne decided to leave John, and then not even a year after he was released from prison, John was arrested once again. Stop it. This time at the Newcastle airport after he came back to the UK from Ukraine. Given his criminal history, he was not authorized to take this trip, but he did it anyway. I was about to say, why do you go to Ukraine for mm-hmm. He went to Ukraine to meet with a woman named Anna, who is a mail-order bride. When it came to all the money that they stole, they were ordered to pay it back. But it seems like Anne was the only one who actually kept up with the payments on that. And by 2014, she had actually paid off about 500,000 pounds of what she owed. Dang. But John, on the other hand, only paid 122 pounds of the 687,000
1: pounds that he owed. Oh, Lord.
0: So in 2015, John, who is 70 years old, at this time remarried a 47 year old woman named Mercy May. Mercy is a mother and runs a retail business. Girl run. <laughs> He's about to mess up your business, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and the two of them live together. And on the other hand, lives in York in the UK and seems to be living a pretty quiet, low-key life. And a hotel, this is kind of neat, but I don't understand, like, the point. But a hotel back in Seton Carew actually profited for a few years off the Darwin story and advertised a Darwin room for guests to stay. The Mm -hmm. hotel was bought out by new ownership and they no longer do this Darwin room thing because they feel like it's disrespectful to the prophet off of this crime. And so the story has been written into a book titled The Thief, His His Wife, and the Canoe by David Lee, who was the man who broke the story. It had also been adapted into a short series on ITV, and it has the same name.
1: Hmm.
0: And the show does exaggerate on some of the details of the story. For the most part, it does follow the true storyline, but I mean, that's pretty normal. Like a lot of stuff that becomes into movies or series. Like there's a lot of exaggerated things that, you know, they put in there, but yeah. And also wrote a book about, about the experience called out of my depth, out of my depth. Mm. So yeah, that's it.
1: I cannot believe this. Hmm. Just faked his
0: own death and was just like, we're broke So It's funny because I was like Oh I mean obviously he gets caught Cause I mean I'm I'm covering the story But when I find out how He didn't really get caught Technically He turned himself in Right And I was like Getting a little yeah, a I little think, too pressure for mm-hmm. you huh?"
1: I feel like he knew That the end was near And so then he just was like Oh well, I was always going to turn myself in. I was always going to pay for that stuff, um. So I just went ahead and did it, you know. But really, you
0: weren't going to turn no, yourself in. No, you because he were was going to
1: keep running, and then you found out it was not going to. Yeah,
0: like work out. like you said, he probably felt pressured and was like he was going to end up felt like he was going to get caught anyway. But even when he turned himself in, he tried to act like he had a, like he couldn't remember anything. Yeah. Yeah, so, I've got amnesia. From have got two years Before
1: I went missing.
0: Yeah, dumb. <sighs> but wow. yeah, but
1: but he didn't got caught. That's the
0: story of uh, John Darwin, who tried to fake his own death. Like, I mean, in they five years. They
1: yeah, for say that. I mean, they succeeded. That's for a long years. time
0: for me. I feel like it is a long
1: time. I yeah. mean, well, but yeah, yeah. I they thought that was. How oh. could you not? I mean, you can't tell your children because your children may turn you in. Yeah. The less people who know, the better. But you're just going to let your children think that their father died forever? That was just the plan? Why?
0: I don't know. It's a mess. It's a mess, mess,
1: mess. I liked that story, though. That's a good story.
0: I too. I thought it was interesting. So, yeah. That's all, folks. Crazy. So, you can email us at a million murders at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or stories of your own that you'd like us to tell. Yes. Stephanie and Sophia turned theirs
1: in and we covered them. Um and thank you all for doing that. Yeah. And for sharing it with people. And thank you to everyone who shares stuff. Um
0: Yeah. Thank you, Sophia's dad. Yeah, yeah. Playing it in his class, like yes. okay. I feel famous, low key. I
1: know. I'm like, oh, I was really excited. And they were really, you know, happy with the way we did it. So that made me happy that they enjoyed it so much. So thank you guys. Thank you all so much. And yeah, go check out our Instagram at a million murders. That's where, you know, you'll see artwork or the people, places, Mm -hmm. things that are involved in the case. It just varies case to case.
0: Some cases don't have. Yeah, some cases don't have much. You can just go like look at the Like if we do the Reddits, we're not going to have like pictures and stuff of.
1: Right. But yeah. Yeah. And um, oh, go to our Facebook page slash group. We have two. I feel like we're posting. I'm posting in the page more than I am the group. But I'm going to have to do the group because y'all are mostly in the group. That's everything, right? I think so. Yeah. We have a link tree. That is posted on the page, maybe the group. I can post it on the group. And that link will take you to everything, where to listen, all Mm -hmm. kinds of stuff.
0: Well, thanks for tuning in. And we hope you come back for a A million more. More. Bye. Bye.